0: 161st Street, back, away back.
1: All right, welcome on back to the boys of 161st Street. Another roll call episode for you today, but a pretty special roll call, I'd like to think. It's Mr. Aaron Judge today. Ever heard of him? Uh, Just inked a, what was the exact numbers of the contract? Again, I should have looked this up before, just for the (laughs) intro. Aaron Judge. Nine years, 360 million. Contract. Nine years, 360 million. Thank you, (laughs) So, quick question right off the bat. How many years of those contracts is he going to suck for?
2: How old is he? Thirty-one.
1: This is going to be five good years. His age thirty-one season, yes.
2: Okay. He's got four to
3: five good
1: years.
2: Uh, The rest are just fluff. Three good years at center field, right field. One hurt year. Two productive years as a DH, and then the rest is a question mark. How's that fair? Yeah,
3: I, I agree. I mean, I hope not, but I hope he has four I think it was 4 or 5
1: productive years and then uh I'd be really happy with that.
2: I mean, the way now, that Now do I said you right think there was 4 productive years?
1: Do you think side question, do you think the contract more serious question because I don't really care how many years he sucks for because I honestly if he's good for the first 4 years that we're signing, that's what we're signing him for. That's what the uh Giants would have signed him for. That's what anyone would have signed Judge for knowing that he's An older player. So we're going to talk less about the contract now, uh, but actually kind of still about the contract. Do you think the contract will affect him in any way? And and by that, I mean kind of, you know, more so, do you think he was playing so good because he was on a contract a year? Because, you know, we were talking about it before last season and it's like, you know, I don't, I didn't necessarily think he was going to break the single season home run record for people that didn't take steroids and hit 62 home runs and just have quite possibly one of the most Dominant and we talked about this in a prior episode. So go listen to every single episode from here uh, To till we started this thing and you can find it. Um, I don't know when it was but (laughs) He quite possibly had one of the most dominant offensive seasons that anybody has ever had when you compare, you know the differences in the times and This how fast pitchers throw now the amount of pitches that people throw now the fact that he only hits Off of he hits off of a much different or much he faces many more starters or many more pitchers in general this year than other people in years past and baseball history have because starters went longer, all those kinds of things. Um, It was really interesting to look at, but just the, do you think at all that was caused by him being in a contract year and how much of that do you think he has?
2: Not really. I mean, just based on his track record, he's got three or four top four. MVP finishes. Like, I don't think he's going to replicate 62 home runs, but I I think it's crazy to think that the whole thing was, like, tainted in some way because of a contract year or anything like that. I'm not like, saying tainted. This season, I know, but I'm just saying this year isn't, like, an outlier in terms of production. He's been a, you know, top five player in baseball for, fuck, I don't know, five, six years now. So, um I'm more worried about the back end of the contract than anything. I don't think his production's going to dip because of a contract or, like, pressure or anything like that. I, I think last year kind of proved that. It was his contract year. He came out in the first two weeks and kind of laid an egg. I think he didn't hit his first home run until, like, the 19th game or something like that. And rather than letting that weigh on him, which is pretty easy to do when you turn down $28 million a year, and he just turned around and put together, like you said, the best offensive season possibly in the history of the game. So that's as good of an indication I, I, as any.
3: Yeah, I mean, I. it's hard not to say that the, the contract didn't affect him at all. I mean, I think it's kind of ridiculous to say that that had no impact on the way he was playing because he was obviously playing for his, his career. He was playing for a contract. He was playing to improve himself. I don't know, there's, there's no way you can just say that he that had zero impact on the, the way he was he was playing and like I was, I think you, this was an out, I do think this was an outlier year I mean, he had the best one of the best offensive seasons ever and like the 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 things that Luke mentioned it could be regarded as the the best offseason season ever based off maybe of maybe the, not. The recent changes outlier
1: I think I think you can word. also argue I think you can argue that because of the contract situation he could have played worse you can make that same argument because you know. Right. All of the pressure of the opening day, forget about that. It feels like years and years and years ago, but opening day, he's like, all right, by the time Garrett Cole touches the mound, I want a contract signed, and then I'm not going to talk about it until the end of the season, and then pretty, basically, pretty much, I'm going to test free agency if you don't sign me before opening day, because I don't want to think about it. Now, I think he opened that door up a bunch of times, because it's hard to close it, and I think the Yankees were being annoying about it, and like still trying to talk to him. He probably told him to talk to his agent. And Let him handle it off the field let him ha- just worry about playing baseball. I bet It probably gave him a lot of sleepless nights. I'm mean, not sleepless nights But he's he totally felt confident about him getting a contract, but like, he bet on himself, too So maybe there were a lot of sleepless nights because if he did get hurt in that year He's not getting a 360 million dollar year from anybody. He's gonna get something pennies on the dollar and obviously the bet paid off and probably the best bet I've ever seen by any player in the history of any anything in a contract year but i think honestly you talk about this being an outlier year or something like that it, it really wasn't like you're saying Chandler he has been doing this for a long time it's just been a matter of health and how many times have you heard and i think this is the first roll call that we're going to talk about judge where we're not going to say if he can only stay healthy he's going to be he's going to win an mvp he just did that last year he played 157 games 148 the year before so two season sample size of him playing Every single day pretty much and that's that's every single day for a modern-day player Nobody really plays 162 this this time this at this time, but I think you can make the legitimate argument that he Performed that way under a the highest pressure because as an injury prone player in a contract year betting on himself I think That's kind of crazy if you think about it. so the ceiling might be higher than what we just saw
2: Obviously, been I think that's where I disagree because I don't, see, that, I, argued, I, don't I don't mean that before, really, though. though, about being injury prone. that He's not really injury prone. He had two freak injuries in that stretch. And outside of that, rookie here, he played one. You said injury prone. You, those were your exact words.
1: Well, that, no, I'm saying that's what like if you look on, you know, me and Damon were watching it together like last year. It's like you look on. MLB top 100 that's all they talk about that's that was the narrative and yes he had a bunch of injuries I'm not calling him injury prone but that was the thing that verbatim when they talked about on MLB top 100 they were like if only he he was outside the top 10 I think and now I, he's probably like one or two probably two because they suck off Show Otani. but like the reason the reason everybody said like Howard, Harold or whatever the fuck his name is was always like you know if you can only put together a healthy season when he just did it the year before obviously You want to see more than just a 2020 season and then that season of health, but now he's done that So I think you can All but put those narratives to bed We as yankee fans know like what you were about to say we know there were freak injuries We know he got hit in the wrist we know You know some of them are are injuries the real injuries like oblique and all that stuff, but I don't think you know, we talk about nestor cortez And he needs, I don't think he'll ever show me that he'll, he's not just going to be this random jackknife that I'm just not going to believe he's a legitimate pitcher, even though he is. And I do feel like he is, but it just, he's, he's an odd guy. I think judge has, hopefully, I, I don't know. I just think I just talked myself out of that. I, I still have my slight worries that he'll, he'll be injured this year. Obviously you put two together. I mean, are you guys not worried at all that he's going to get injured this year?
2: Not
3: really. Well, I mean, there's, it's, it's hard not to be worried at all, but again, to, to Chalena's point, like, there are two freak things. I don't think that he's going to run to first base and break his leg and be out for the season. I think that if he does get hurt, it's going to be an unfortunate thing where he gets hit by a pitch or did something funky or dies for, uh, you know, dies for a ball and hurts, hurts himself that way again. So obviously we hope that doesn't happen and that would be terrible if it does, but I don't think there's no way to classify him as injury prone. I mean,
2: Dude, I mean, look at he's his. Play, he's played
3: over hundred games in every, every real season that actually happened.
2: But I mean, look at this. Like, okay, so discount even if you don't want to discount the COVID year where there's sixty games, he played twenty-eight, so about half. And we knew That's going into doesn't it doesn't count. <laughs> no, okay, so take that one out. He's got five years of real, true major league service time. One fifty-five, one 112, 102, That was the wrist and the oblique. So there's one real injury there. And then one forty eight, one fifty seven. Like, I can't, I can't sit here and say he's injury prone. Yes, I'm. Like, I'm worried about every player getting injured because that's just the grind of one hundred and sixty two games. But I'm no more worried about Aaron Judge than I am Garrett Cole or fucking yeah. up uh, Jose Trevino. It's a big or, statement.
1: I like that. I, I, I think I feel the same way. But there is that looming just I think it's just because the media has painted him as such an injury prone player that I can't get it out of my head like that's the player that I know Aaron Judge to be because of like the basically propaganda that's been going on on him like we know yeah. he's really not but I don't know you can't really escape it sometimes uh, speaking of people that don't didn't people didn't play in the World Baseball Classic because of injury do you think he didn't do that like why didn't I'm I was pissed that he didn't play because for two reasons. One, we lost because but our pitching sucked. <laughs> what do you mean? Why would you play? I mean,
3: no, I'm saying in his position. I mean, he just went an entire year, had the best season ever, came back, got a huge play for your fucking he's, country,
1: he's, dude.
3: Just named Captain Yankees. He's probably focusing on the Yankees season. All material things,
1: know. Damon. He got his own bag. He got his own captain. Nothing for just the little man. Nothing for the, the little man. Just did for himself. Can you imagine
3: the conversation, the, the conversation, and the hate Aaron Judge would get if he went and played the World, Bi- World Baseball Classic after that, that just back and forth, and all these conversations about the contract and the season and the free agency, getting the contract, becoming captain having the best season ever, breaking the home run record, and then going to play the World Baseball Classic and getting injured and then not being on the well, play next I mean, season? Well, we just
1: talked about we're not worried about the injury. So if that's not the case, well, – I'm then sure then...
3: he is. I'm sure that was running through his head making the decision. I mean, yeah, I, I think when it's all said and
1: done of all it. those things happening first and then getting hurt, that's a pretty – He I, would I be I can, hated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's
3: Speaking nothing that. against the World, World Baseball Classic. I had a hell of a time watching the whole thing. It's just, in his position particularly, not worth it. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Damn it. You
2: said he'd be hated? Question for you. How, coming off this contract, everything like that, how many games do you give it? Like, say he comes out in a funk like he did last year. How many games till people start saying that his contract's a bust and that he's terrible and boo him? Let's say first boo. Yeah, let's say he comes out and he's saying 200 through the first week. When do people start booing him?
3: Uh, two weeks. I've said this. I've said this before. Like, I think the booing narrative for a guy like Judge is really dependent on how the team's playing, and I think that's true for a lot of people who get booed. Like, if we're winning ball games,
2: contract.
3: I know, but it's like he's also Aaron Judge. I think that if we're winning baseball games, it's gonna take a little longer for us to boo him. But if we come out and we, you know, we're a fucking three hundred club through the first two weeks. I think he'll get booed, but on the flip side, if you know we're have a booming start and he's doing below average than we expected, I don't think he's going to get booed. I think that Yankees fans they gravitate towards the winning, and I think that's the right right way to think about it. I I'm the same way. Like if the team is doing well, I, I'm no I'm not going to be mad at anybody unless they really blow a game or their name is IKF or Aaron Hicks or Josh. So, or Josh Donaldson. So I think it's really dependent on how they get how the this the the season's going with for the Yankees especially because of his contract. I think you're I right about
2: that really quick that I saw. I was scrolling through fan graphs just to help like back up some of these Aaron Judge things. I'll let you go. I'm sorry. I just saw this and I like it, like made my eyes pop off the page. With runners in scoring position last year, Aaron Judge slashed 346, 520, 721. That's a 1.2 ops. He had a 222 WRC plus.
1: That's insane.
2: Sorry, carry on. I that's, just like no, that was insane. so like I think that's worth interrupting. I apologize.
1: Yeah, no, it totally is. It's worth playing W <laughs> WPC too. We could have used that against Otani in the ninth inning there. Who knows? Maybe that that match that everybody was talking about. Which actually, I, I'm not throwing shade. That was pretty cool to watch Otani versus jo- Otani what should have been Judge. Otani versus Trout. Um, but this isn't the- <laughs> it, was,
3: it was so funny afterwards. You see the things where they're like, "Oh, can you imagine if they're on the same team how good that team would be?" Yeah.
1: That was so funny. <laughs> now only imagine if these two guys were on the same team. It is kind of crazy to me that like two of the best players in the world and they still world. suck.
3: And the Angels still suck. It's it's terrible. The-
1: two the two best players on the two respective teams that were in the championship game of the World Baseball Classic were on the same are on the same team in a MLB game like it's just it's insane. Yeah. Speaking of which, though, I mean I'm done talking about the World Baseball Classic. I wish he played in there. Trey Turner's really cool. He should be a Yankee. But if he's not going to be a Yankee, then call up Anthony Volpe. Uh, back to Judge. I do think to finish the conversation that Damon was talking about, I think I mean, Yankee fans booed Jeter, they boo everybody. I don't I think getting this extra bag, Judge has always been the guy and never really has been the guy that made a lot of money. He was always making, you know, pre arb and arbitration deals. You know, obviously it's still millions of dollars at the end of the arbitration deals or closer to before he became he did free agency and all that stuff. But he's never been the guy that was like a a Garrett Cole or you know CC Sabathia a rod guys that carried around the narrative of a huge contract on the Yankees and a huge market um now he has that so now that's a a what to watch for i guess is like how does he handle that which i i doubt he handles it poorly he handles he's probably going to handle it like he handles everything just with flying colors he's great with them in the media just he's a captain now so i think um all that to say yankee fans are a little bit stupid sometimes some not everybody but some of you guys uh and i i wouldn't doubt that he gets booze after two weeks and i do think like you said damon it has to be in a in a losing spell if we go like i don't know two and ten to start the season and judge is batting 200 he's gonna get booed there's not a doubt in my mind and then yeah. we're gonna be sitting here on the microphones talking about how could you boo a player who just hit 62 home runs, won MVP, and had the best offensive season we've ever seen? So, PSA, it's all Yankee fans listening. Don't boo Aaron Judge if he bats 200 and <laughs> we're 2 and 10 to start the season. So, yeah,
3: that's not going to be good. No, what upset.
1: position do you think he's going to be playing the most of? I mean, we were talking about him playing, or Boone talked about him playing. You know, left field to give Stanton a chance in right field, and that included Bader. Um, just a quick update, too, on Bader. We'll, we'll release this episode tomorrow, so we have more. It's more of a, a recent news, but Bader, better than anticipated injury update on Bader. At first, he was definitely going to miss opening day, but now he, uh, Boone said he's doing better than anticipated and indicated that he would return shortly after opening day in under two weeks. Uh, so that's good news. Otherwise, you know, obviously. I think that would shift Judge back to center and put Cabrera in left or Hicks is somewhere. Hopefully not on the field, but uh, hopefully in Trenton. But he, <laughs> I think that would probably bring him back in the mix. But if Bader coming back, I think changes things. Uh, obviously, Bader is not a very—he is an injury-prone player that we can all say. So him coming back, you know, maybe he's rushed. He's probably not going to be playing every single day. I think if Bader can just like play a pretty much full season. Judge will probably see the most time in left. And that also assumes that's assuming Sten and judge or Sten and Bader are playing a lot, which is a lot to ask from two legitimate injury prone players. So he could play. I think he's going to play even split throughout the outfield.
2: I don't think Stanton is going to play a whole lot in the outfield. I think even if he does, and even assuming a fully healthy season to Stanton, I think he'll only play two or three times. Like, probably only two weeks, two days a week, three max in the outfield. So especially coming down the stretch, if you have a a lead in the division, which hopefully we will by that time, then he definitely won't be playing in the outfield. I, I think Stan's cap in the outfield is like 50 games, 50 to 60 games, and that's in a perfect world. I would say, Judge, probably, if this Bader news is real, which I don't believe, I'll believe it when he's actually suited up in pinstripes. If the Bader News is real, then I would say he plays the majority of his games in right. But
1: I would prefer that. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He, they yeah, the judges but... chambers for a reason. He played well in center. I don't know. I think he plays literally an even split. 25%, 25%, 25%, 25% in every outfield position in DH. I don't.
3: Yeah. I mean, I... I... You know, we I'm confident that he can do all these positions and play all all these positions. And if we are relying on a guy to go out there and be mixed around, then I'd rather him do it than anybody else. Pretty much is what I'm trying to get at. That's fair. I don't want Stan going from left to right, you know, yeah. one day and and then playing the fucking.
1: Yeah. So his 2023 Project. projections, and then we'll get out of here. His he for home runs, he's projected 45, oh, 44 on Steamer. Yeah. I've projected 140
2: and 45. So.
1: Yeah, 150 games around. He's projected. I think that's. I think that's fair. Probably around that. I'd expect yeah. 44. I think that number. From last year is probably even inflated a little bit because he was playing every single day down the stretch to get the home run record. Um, so he played 157 last year. I think if he wasn't chasing the home run record, he probably would have played like 150. So I think that's a pretty fair assumption. Um, the 45 home runs, I, I think that's a little light. I'd take the over on that. What
2: I do you think? think that's pretty fair. I think he'll hit around 40.
1: I mean, yeah, for his career, I, I think, last year, thirty-nine to then sixty-two. I think forty-two is a good number. You know, Twenty-seven, yeah.
2: Give me, give me forty-three. That's what he's gonna hit this year.
1: I think he's gonna get over fifty.
2: Like, that's not gonna happen. Water bet? Sure.
1: I'll take over fifty. Um a silly. What bet. else? Two seventy-eight batting average.
2: So I'll drink two waters to your one. 278
3: over.
1: I'll take the over 278. This way he goes
2: down
3: fucking 40 points. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that. would
2: hammer the over. What did he finish last year?
3: 311.
2: Dude, he's hitting like 380 this spring. That was Insane. Not that spring training stats are everything, but you know,
1: it's pretty. 168 fun. WRC plus. That's a compared to there, his. Too.
2: What's the reliability factor on these?
1: On these, the reliability is doesn't say it on Steamer. I can tell you his uh, baseball reference one is eighty four percent, and that high, assumes yeah. pretty similar stuff. That's pretty high. I mean, that's he's one of the higher reliability factors because there's a pretty good sample size with him. So,
2: I mean, yeah. I think his absolute floor is like. 270 with like 30 home runs and that's still a really fucking good player
1: yeah yeah i hope he comes to the bagel shot with rizzo a couple times this season and then i see him
2: i hope he doesn't
3: i don't think so i think he's a little bit easier to pick out of a crowd
1: (laughs) i hope rizzo keeps coming
2: you say keeps coming, like you see him all the time. It's like one time and past some one year time. <laughs> it's really cool, though. You would think listening to this show that Luke and Rizzo like, they have Our their boys. dogs play together and they go get bagels and cut up through the streets. But yeah, I bring my
1: cat on a leash out there to play with his dog, and we just get bagels <laughs> every day. We go to the park <laughs> every single day. It's sick. Who wouldn't want to have this life? All right, that's Aaron Judge. Uh, Opening day soon, huh? Yes, sir. All right. See you then.
0: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.